lots of reasons to be on edge right now. Think of the things happening in the Middle East and how they reflect right here in Southeast Michigan. On the podcast today, we're going to talk with Dr. Arash Javanvakt, who is a psychiatrist and author of the book, Afraid, Understanding the Purpose of Fear and Harnessing the Power of Anxiety. We have a great conversation about the ways we can manage our fears and make sure they don't prevent us from living our lives, even as really troubling things happen all around us. Dr. Javanbach, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me, Steven. So I want to talk about the fears that we have right now and the fears that um, even if we don't have them personally, that we are witnessing people in our lives experience. As I said, over the weekend, it was pretty scary, in fact, uh, when Sam Wall was killed, to witness the way that people I knew were reacting to it, either because they lived in the neighborhood where she was killed or because, like her, they were Jewish. There was a palpable sense that perhaps what we are seeing and reading about overseas was playing out here in Detroit. So I, I want to talk about how reasonable those fears are, how how we should react to those fears, uh, and and why we have them, uh, why that sense of group fear takes hold of us in situations like these. Thank you. Uh, uh, we need a lot of time to discuss this. I want to start <laughs> with uh, uh, noting that I'm apolitical. So I'm not on any side of this uh, argument, and I will try my best to talk about humans as a scientist rather than specific groups of people. So I hope that uh, some viewers will not take what I say out of context. Uh, of course, like most other people, I'm also human, and I have very difficult emotions these days because of uh, ruthless, uh, unnecessary death of innocent people in Israel and Palestine by those who don't care about human dignity and prosperity. So uh, we inherently are group creatures. We are tribal creatures. And that is not necessarily bad. That is an evolutionary purpose. That's an evolutionary advantage we had that helped us survive against the calamities, difficulties of the nature, difficulties. <clears throat> we were better able to fight. We were better able to hunt. We were better able to survive natural disasters and work together, build things, and transfer knowledge to each other and share knowledge with each other. And actually, that group-based aspect has allowed us to learn what is dangerous and what is safe better than some other animals. For a more primitive animal, they have to be bitten by another predator until they know that predator is something to be avoided. Some are smarter and they see one of their conspecifics, another animal of their own species is bitten, bitten by the predator, and now they learn the predator is dangerous. We all have learned that. So that is also an evolutionary advantage for humans as well. So we see, we saw one of our tribe mates was bitten by a, a wolf and we all uh, avoided wolves. The third aspect that we have as humans is the ability to learn from other humans' words, which is a huge advantage. Our tribe leaders or our tribe mates would say, don't go to that part of the woods, there's a predator there, and we would trust them. That is a huge advantage that has helped us survive, but also it has been an echoless heel to our uh, survivor. Uh, millions of humans have been killed and died because of that evolutionary advantage. 
Why? Because we trust our tribe mates, specifically when it comes to danger. For example, imagine, I might have used this example even before in your show. Imagine you have a neighbor you really hate, you totally don't trust, and you don't even talk to this person. And one day you get out of your house and the neighbor says, watch out, there's a gunman on the street, I've heard. You will trust them and you will go inside. So when it comes to danger, we forget even our in, in, inside group differences and uh, we, uh, we trust each other, which made sense in an evolutionary sense that 50,000 years ago, if the other tribe was coming to kill us and take our uh, uh, resources, we would trust our own. So that has become something that is being manipulated. Of course, there are always humans who want to take advantage and dominate others, regardless whether they're outside of their tribe or inside of their tribe. Even mm -hmm. if you look at what's happening these days, there are these forces that are even using the fear of the outside to dominate their own people and enforce on them what they want and the things that the people may not want in usual situations. And it is though important to understand that tribal aspect is not, we have a biological tendency, I believe, to be affiliated with a group, but it's not that, okay, I'm Jewish, so my tribe is going to be Jewish. I'm black, my tribe is going to be black. I'm Muslim, my tribe. No, we are not born to a specific tribe. We are born with an inherent tendency to, to join a group. A find a tribe, absolutely. So it depends on what group of people you were born in, most people do not leave their original affiliations, right? Most people who are born Muslim continue to be Muslim, and they didn't even choose to be Muslim. Same applies for Christians and Jews and a lot of people, for example, who were born to a family of University of Michigan football team supporters. So we have difficulty leaving those uh, group tendencies, but those are sometimes defined for us. Sometimes the definition is by the school you got into, I went to University of Michigan. I mean, I personally don't care about football, but a lot of people <laughs> stick to that, right? They so proudly wear their outfits. And I've actually, there have been research studies that show that the group you were born to, you are a lot more attuned to their negative emotions. If I see a picture of a face of a person looking like me in a, when I'm in the scanner and that face looks scared, my amygdala, my fear brain reacts more strongly. You get scared. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that could be, uh, Alfish, now that, that person could be someone who looks like me because I was born and grew up uh, um, among people who look like me, but could be a person I was told by the investigators is from my school. And I take that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will continue this conversation with Dr. Javin Bach. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Dr. Javenbach, I want to talk about the negative consequences uh, of this kind of fear and whether one of them is the kind of violence that we are seeing in some cases. Uh, I, I, I talked in the open of the show about uh, the Palestinian boy in Chicago who was stabbed to death 26 times because he was Muslim, uh, presumably because of what's going on in the Middle East. Uh, there are lots of other incidences where we see this happening. Uh, talk about the downside, I guess, of carrying these fears too closely and, and not being able to manage them. Absolutely. So uh, we call it fight or flight system. 
So anger and violence is usually and often, very often, the other side of fear. And anytime I see someone who's angry, my first question is what they're afraid of. And then there are people who, like we talked about our tendency for being tribal uh, creatures, and then there are people who do their best to define tribes for us. Define this is your tribe, now this is us. So that's, that's how the cookbook, how it works. This is an us. And us could be Americans, could be Jews, could be Democrats, could be people who love to have guns, could be people who are affiliated with one specific group of <clears throat> uh, political view. So it can be very fluid. You could be, it's, it's not necessarily the race that I was born with or the religion I have. And then there's a them. And them are defined based on basis of one binary aspect. Like you and I share so much as humans, right? We eat food, we, do, we love reading books, we do different activities. There are some things that are different between you and I that can be easily used to separate us. And they find that thing and separate us, let's say based on our race, and say, okay, now it's a day. And the day, it's important to mention, are after what we have, or they hate us, or they want to destroy us, or they want to destroy what we have. And more importantly, they are less than us. You watch a lot of violent movies, right? We watch, let's say, zombie movies. The heroes are killing zombies and you're having fun and you're enjoying it. Why do you enjoy death of something else? Like you watch John Wick movie and a dog was killed and everybody was very sad. Why do we enjoy, like people enjoy seeing someone getting killed on a movie? Because they are portrayed as less human. So when this all is put together plus the hate, we become so stupid. We regress basically to cold, brainless weapons that can be used. We have seen throughout all the wars, over the past few days that we were talking about how many thousands of people were so heartlessly killed by other humans. And they are very close to each other, live very close to each other. Even their language and culture is very similar to each other and has a lot of overlaps. Here the example is a person turning to a subhuman animal that cannot differentiate between a Palestinian kid living here versus the Palestinian Hamas member who went and picked a gun and went and killed someone. So we basically group people together when we become so primitive and stupefied by anger and, of course, by propaganda that it's difficult for them to differentiate between the others that are defined for us versus this. And, and this case was terrible because... This guy even knew that family. It's not that you go and kill a total stranger that you have imagined is a bad person, right? Mm -hmm. He had seen this kid. And what's to hate about a kid? And then, of course, media uh, flared this, this up. They just keep showing you what they want you to see. And the social media algorithms do the same as you keep seeing over and over and over. And the animal brain keeps seeing a baby dead, keeps seeing uh, this news about... and and. Sadly, we have become so dumb that our sources of news now are mm. Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Mm. Rather than somebody, I really encourage people who are interested and want to know what's happening in the Middle East to go read, to go learn about the history and what has been happening rather than just looking at your uh, friend's Instagram posts. And of course, your friends on Facebook and Instagram are all like-minded. It's basically a digital tribe here. Mm -hmm. And there's digital inbreeding there. So each person basically feeds the other person the same thing and that person feeds it back to them. And then there is the disaster pornography that is happening by the media and the social media there. It becomes basically intensifies the fear and that feeds to anger. And that, that basically when you become even more scared, you become more attuned to anything that could be scary. Yeah. So you forgot about all the good news. You forget the image of, okay, now these... Uh, 
Jewish people and Muslim people had this uh, the day together to basically celebrate or to basically mourn for the dead, right? You just see what is signing signals of uh, danger because now you are averse to danger and you want to protect yourself because this animal brain cannot differentiate what is happening in the Middle East from what is happening here because the TV, when it shows it, it feels like it is happening right here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Call and tell us about uh, how you're managing all of the information about violence that's happening, uh, some cases uh, around the world, some cases right here in our own community. Always a reminder that we live with an intolerable level of violence every day right here in the city of Detroit. doesn't make headlines as much as it should or as it used to. Uh, but there are people who are fearful to conduct uh, basic uh, parts of their lives because of the danger here uh, in cities like Detroit. Uh, how do we manage those things? How do we go about our lives still, even though those things go on? 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Twitter. Hashtag Detroit Today, and we can make you part of the show that way. Let's start today with Phyllis in Warren. Phyllis, what's on your mind? Well, it's an old mind, and it's getting dusty and rusty. <laughs> but I think my perspective has to be from that of an 87-year-old person. The fear has been ongoing from the time I was a child, and the first thing I saw on a newspaper was a picture of the little boy in the Warsaw Ghetto during the Second World War. And I think that we have seen too much violence. I think we see too much. The question becomes, as you know, the end is coming. Why can't we just get along? <laughs> Why can't we just have perspectives. Yes, we do become tribal, I agree, but I think we changed tribes a few times during our lifetime, mm. and I, I don't know what the doctor's perspective would be on that. Yeah, Phyllis, I, I really appreciate the call and those those comments. Dr. Jabenbach, I wonder what your reaction is to what she's saying here. Well, Phyllis said everything I wanted to say for the rest of the, today, so I can go <laughs> home now. No, absolutely. So, And that's uh, coming from the wisdom. Uh, to, you spent those 87 years very well. Uh, so, yeah, I agree that we changed tribes. And because we were not designed to belong to one tribe, but then there are forces outside who try their best to define tribes for us. And I would say if not almost all, majority of the wars we have had, at least during my lifetime, were based on the stupid tribal designs that others have created for us because they wanted something. We were the tool, and those we killed were the tool also. For someone else, and this is the saddest part, that the German soldier that went to the World War and the British soldier that went to the World War were tools for someone else benefiting there. And... Uh, I, th I agree with you that then the news, the media, especially visual media, they keep repeating and repeating and repeating. And it is important. Actually, I tell my patients, please, if you're watching cable news, just reduce it to one hour a day <laughs> because seven more hours will just increase your anger. You won't learn more. Yeah. And, uh, and I agree that listening to voices that are not highly dramatic and emotional 
including Steve's voice and uh, more public media, media which are not uh, based on emotional sensationality, as well as writing, reading is, is a very good way of overcoming those fears. And of course, limiting, because the more you expose it, there's a child inside of us. If you see that uh, the images of explosions 20 times a day, that part of you feels they're happening 20 times a day hmm. if it happened only once. I'm not saying people should be ignorant. It's important to know. And then some of that negative energy could be also transformed to activism, right? You have a cause. You feel there's an injustice or unfairness somewhere. Like during Vietnam War, people went out on the streets and protested what is happening there, right? So that or what, what Steve mentioned, uh, Stephen mentioned the, the gun violence, right? A lot of people turn that energy to activism to go uh, and fight for getting better gun laws, that then creates a meaning out of this. We are not left helpless and hopeless with this fear and anger. Now we are turning it to, into something productive before someone else uses our, our anger to turn it into something uh, not productive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, again, Phyllis, really appreciate the call and the uh, ideas there. Uh, let's go next to Evan in Detroit. Evan, welcome to the show. Hello, yeah, I'm on now. Can I uh, be heard? Yes. Yep, go ahead. How's it going, Mr. Henderson? Yeah, I want to say really quick, I definitely uh, agree with the previous caller before me. Um, and we were talking about, you know, what happened with uh, Samantha Wall and the, um, you know, Palestinian boy, which, which is very sad. And I think on the one hand, you do have to be accurate about, you know, the, the violence that is out there. But as the first caller said, you know, we can't uh, live our lives in fear as well to just be you know, so consumed with all of the violence. And I think we should pay attention to the fact that, you know, we live in Detroit, which is right next to Oakland County. You got the biggest, well, one of the biggest uh, Jewish populations and one of the biggest, you know, Middle Eastern populations mm -hmm. in the in the uh, country. Mm -hmm. And if we can live together here, we can find a way to live on top of each other for so long, then maybe that is a sign that, you know, we, we can... Um, have more peaceful resolutions to this whole conflict. You know, yeah. when I was at the uh, Ford Performing Arts Theater in Dearborn, you know, you have some Jewish people there that came in and spoke on behalf of Gaza and said, you know, hey, we just want a ceasefire. So I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of opportunity. Well. Yeah. 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 Evan, I really appreciate, I really appreciate the call and, and I really appreciate your sharing those experiences, because I think uh, too often we believe that they either don't exist or are rare. And the truth is in our community that we live too close together for that to be the truth. Uh, there, there is all kinds of crossover, and that crossover is opportunity. It's opportunity to to understand uh, better what uh, what other people think, feel, and think about what's going on and it's it's an opportunity to decrease those fears right understanding uh what somebody else is about what their experience is like uh, is a way to uh to not be as afraid of them isn't that right dr javenbach evan has an excellent point america actually is a great one of the things i really love about america as an immigrant is that america has created a large tribe beyond the major, beyond all the fights and conflicts outside, right? You just mentioned the example of Jews and Muslims living here uh, uh, basically in peace and loving each other and being friends and doing business with each other, which basically tells you what's happening in the Middle East. It's not a Jewish-Muslim problem. 
it's a territory problem. Mm -hmm. It's a power problem. Mm -hmm. It's a greed problem. Because if, if Jews and Muslims couldn't get along inherently, they wouldn't get along here in a lot of, in a lot of other places, right? A Ukrainian and a Russian are friends in uh, America and making business with each other. An Iranian and Iraqi, we had a war many years ago, are friends uh, with each other. So this is an example that shows when you know someone, when a person knows another person who is elsewhere defined as someone of other tribe here, you have eaten with them, you go to their restaurant and eat with them, you hang out. And that's why in larger cities where there's multiracial and multicultural and multiethnic, it's harder to hate someone. It's for you to hate someone, you need another part is the, the, the separation between you and them. So, the, so you, the leaders can turn them into a subhuman animal, a savage who wants to take away from you the things you have. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, when you, when you hang out with them, you spend time with them, you see they're the same thing that you are. You might have one differences, right? Between Stephen and I, the color of our skin is a little bit different. That's it. The rest we share so much, but some malicious forces intentionally find that one thing which is which is which the dumbest minds can differentiate. <laughs> they couldn't say, oh, Stephen, you have difficult ideological, philosophical. Well, 50% of people would not even understand that, right? They find one thing. You're Jewish, you're Muslim, you're born to it. Now let's fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, uh, really appreciate the call uh, and the comments. Uh, let's go to Stephen in Windsor, just across the Detroit River. Stephen, welcome to the show. <clears throat> Thank you very much. First mm -hmm. off, let me say it takes a lot of courage to bring up this subject uh, today, and I applaud you for that. Mm. Um, I'm Jewish. I want to stress I only speak for myself. I don't represent my people at all. Um, in my 70s, as a young man, up until I was about 40, I didn't trust that I was safe, and I never bought a house. I was only about 40 before I bought my first house, because before that I thought I might need to run away and I might need to have ready cash. Um, with the latest news, especially about that lady being killed, and especially about State um, posting a picture of Hitler during the football game, I'm filled with very high levels of anger, not fear. I feel like fighting, but mm. the problem is I see everybody's humanity. Uh, in Windsor, there's a lot of Muslims, and I talk to them, especially during these tough times. I go up and I say, cousin, we have to <clears throat> look at each other and smile in these bad times. But now... I'm angry, and if I knew the proper person, I want to fight. Hmm. But I, I, I don't want to bother somebody who's innocent. I don't yeah. look at somebody and how they appear and see them as anything other than another human being. But there's this inside me, I want to stand up for my people. Yeah, um, uh, so Stephen, it leaves me tied up in knots. Yeah, Stephen, I, I I love that you called and shared that. It's really honest, and I think uh, you know you you were talking about bravery. Uh, I think it is brave right now to talk about those kinds of feelings and the difficulty sorting through them. Um, Dr. Javenbach, what what is what's the advice for someone like Stephen who feels anger? because of the things that are going on and doesn't know where to direct it. 
And this is not just Steve's anger, it's an intergenerational anger, it's history's anger, right? Millions of Jewish people have been brutally, innocently murdered for no reason. And that carries on in the genes, that carries on in the stories, that carries on in the culture. And so, so sadly, this really disgusts me that some people take advantage and abuse those blood spoiled to go after their own uh, agendas, political agendas. And uh, for Stephen, I understand. Yeah, all of a sudden things change. Even the way you feel about the other person who was right here, your friend, may change. Or there's com like you run into a Muslim friend or a Muslim runs into a Jewish person. Now they have this feeling inside that, oh, what should we say? What is normal? What is abnormal? And my answer is that you are talking about a conflict within you, right? The anger and the fear and then the human. The human is the one says, who says, I want to go say hello because this person didn't do anything wrong to me. Mm. And that, that, that takes work because we are a mix of the human and the animal. And we have to work hard to overcome not only the animal, basically calm down the animal within with all these cognitive reminders you're using, right? This guy is a friend. This woman has been not done anything wrong to me than smiling at me. And of course, their emotions are also high, right? Because you're also thinking about all the other things that are happening in Palestine right now. So let's bring the humans to the table and talk and don't let evil forces take advantage of the animal within us. It's, it, it takes work. It's hard. And I'm sorry for the, the, the experiences that history has uh, transferred to you and what you have uh, seen over the, you just described the experiences you have had over the past few days. But I hope the humanity will win. Otherwise, we are below animals. Uh, so, Dr. Javenbach, I want to I want to spend just a, a little bit of time having you talk uh, specifically about things uh, that people can do to feel more in control, to feel less fearful. Right now, you did talk about kind of taking a break from uh, the 24-hour news cycle and social media sometimes. I think that's great advice. Uh, I wish I could take that myself maybe a little more often than I probably do. Uh, but but what other things would you counsel folks to be able to do to to not feel this anxiety about all, all of the stuff that they, they read and see? Absolutely. So, so as you said, to take control, you got to take the remote control first. Uh, <laughs> As I said, reduce your exposure, and it doesn't mean that you're going to be dumb and ignorant. No, as I said, eight years of CNN equals one. Eight hours of CNN equals one hour of CNN. And if you're watching CNN, listen to Anderson Cooper, not Wolf, Wolf Blitzer, meaning that not the high emotions. Read instead of <coughs> uh, watching those, and also balance it out. The only thing that is happening in the world right now is not the Israel-Palestine war. There's a lot more happening, and unfortunately, U.S. media just takes one shiny object and sticks with it until the next shiny object comes in, right? And the, all, that news becomes old news because at the end of the day, their corporations and the top priority is revenue. Look at what is happening in the good side. We have to balance it out. In these kind of times of fear and anger, our attention is focused on the negative. Bring it back to, to the positive. What is going in the world of science and in the world of arts and in the world of sports? You want to watch TV, watch a documentary. Talk to people. Acknowledge the emotions. We don't want to deny the emotions. If I'm angry, if I'm frustrated, if I'm sad, if I'm... We are humans. At the end of the day, what's happening is extremely saddening, right? <clears throat> Acknowledge those emotions, but don't let them take over because 
Don't feel guilty if you are not feeling sad 24-7. No, you still have to live your life. Even for those who died, you have to live more of their life because now they are not being able to live and enjoy life. Mm -hmm. And we need more discourse. We need, and unfortunately, this is a big failure of our media. Which one of the more major cable news brought a thoughtful, logical, decent Israeli and a Palestinian to have a one-hour reasonable discourse between them about the historical context of what's happening, right? We need more of this. If, they, if the leaders and if the media are not wise enough to do it, we should do it ourselves. Talk to our neighbors. The same way Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals, you can have difficult differences in your politics, in your race, in your religion, but you can have a good conversation with each other. When you bring that part of the humanity to it, it will become less scary. We have to tamp down the fear and uh, anger within ourselves because the media will not do that for yeah. us. Yeah. Okay, uh, Dr. Arash Javanbacht, it's always great to have you here with us on Detroit Today and really great to have you here today to talk about managing all of these fears. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Detroit Today is produced by Sam Corey and Nick Austin. Our technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. Our assistant producer is Maddie Boyer. Our music is by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions. And podcast editing is by David Lyons. Our program director is Adam Fox. Detroit Today is a production of WDET in Detroit, and you can support the show by leaving a rating or a comment. Thanks for listening.